0: Hey there, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip Podcast for the week of February tenth, twenty twenty. We're so glad to have you this week on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, some lost things uh, that uh, us us longtime Ghostbusters fans have been uh, per- perplexed by for a while. Uh, we'll also have some Ghostbusters Ask Us Anything (GBAUA). We solicited your questions. We're going to answer them all, well, look to the best of our ability. Here we go. Stay tuned. Uh, I solicited questions, uh, a little bit of an ask me anything. Uh, oh, uh, and and I've got Good. some, I've got some fun ones. So that's what to stu- do. I had stuff for your original one, but well, yes, let's do. I uh, feel like because the more we'll I thought about it it, that day. one, needs some research. Like that one was kind of a half baked idea. So we'll we'll come back to that one. Uh, for for yeah. those of you that are wondering what the other idea is, uh, I want to discuss the flaws of Ghostbusters uh, because uh, the first two movies uh, are not the- perfect films. You mean the filmmaking flaws? Uh, like the the little... filmmaking flaws. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, some and that, some can, of that those... can go
1: deep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the gaffs, the flubs, the you know what have yous. Um, what have's that? yes uh, You know, uh, just just to kind of because we always look with Easter egg critical eyes. Uh, also to kind of poke it at a few of the holes in, in the <laughs> Ghostbusters films because they are not perfect films, as much well, as no, we put them up on a pedestal. But
1: human brains are good at pattern spotting, and but the thing is, is that applies in a lot of different ways. And one of them is if you watch the same movie over and over again, things jump out. you. Start at you start to like, go that way forms a minute.
0: Yeah, that forms
1: a pattern. So there's a couple. Of, I think some of my faves ended up on our commentary on the, but we can dive back into that because yeah. the other thing that became clear too is that. Uh, 35th anniversary edition of the DVD with our commentary did not get wide, widely spread outside the USA. So yeah, yeah.
0: And, and we never got to talk about the second movie either. But, no. Um, so, so we'll bump so we'll, yeah, we'll both movies together. And yeah.
1: Maybe yeah. we'll even sit down and uh, get a couple more 2016
0: screenings in and see if we can throw some of that in there too yeah we can do all three uh we'll we'll review those so that when we go into ghostbusters afterlife we have that (laughs) firm uh (laughs) expectation in check that it cannot be a perfect film Um, yes um but But you got a uh, new one
1: which was uh, amounted to uh gbama
0: i like that that's going to be the title sorry
1: gbaua Ghostbusters, ask Ghostbusters asks anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
0: instead of ask me. Yeah, but uh, all right, so quick quick, some news and then into our uh, AUA, GBAUA. Hey, guys. Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer.
1: I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your
0: head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right. This is not uh, this is not breaking news per se, Chris. That we're gonna kick off the uh, news segment with, but um, f- for for you and I, who are like you said, we're watching these films over and over and over, and we're we're finding these patterns and uncovering new things every time we watch, um, and, mm-hmm. and finding some of the history of it. Um, our fellow fan uh, Alex Newborn, who I think is a kindred spirit of ours, and and enjoys kind of uh, researching the history of the films and and diving deep into the behind the scenes uh, of it all.
1: Yeah, possibly uh, even more than us, because he's yeah. been doing it since since eighty nine, technically. <laughs> oh my! And
0: and has such a wealth of knowledge. You know, uh, speaking of that uh, anniversary Blu ray disc, we name check him a couple of times on that commentary. But uh, so Alex does this. Uh, it's funny. I don't really I maybe I don't quite understand his video series on YouTube is called his pet peeves, but it's usually not like a pet peeve. It's just things that have kind of been bugging him about the history of Ghostbusters uh, for all it's, these years. Yes,
1: it should have been called my Ghostbusters OCD.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like the <laughs> the nagging things uh, like your uh, and and he shares your nagging kind of a uh, vexing problem of what that audio is in the Sedgwick Hotel. Uh, I know that that's a, a shared a love of you guys, uh, the two of you trying to figure yeah, out.
1: Yeah, he's he's currently leading the charge on that one. But yes, for, I think just in parallel, he and I were both just, infuriated that we couldn't figure yeah. that one out what for years that uh,
0: but something that's also kind of been not just for for this small group uh but for everybody at large uh the alternate versions of the ghostbusters theme we know that ray parker jr's theme was written in, in a relatively short amount of time and that other people were commissioned to do themes before him um that may not have necessarily worked and for the longest time even in our um Tobin's audio guide where we talk about the theme, uh, I mentioned that Hughes and thrall, uh, theme, which, you know, uh, collaborators with Dan Aykroyd wrote city of crime, uh, for the Dragnet movie with him, performed it with him. Um, but then for the longest time, there's that little snippet that's in the, the teaser trailer that we thought that that was Hughes and thrall. And somebody reached out to, I think it was Glenn Hughes or one of the two of them. And he was like, no, that's not us. That's not our song. Yeah. And we all kind of went, Wait, what? We always thought that that was yours.
1: It's got the, the that whoa, 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 whoa at yeah, the end there. Yeah, that,
0: that's kind of the hook for that wow. one. Um, and so <coughs> Mr. Alex Newborn, this is a very roundabout way to get to it, but uh, – yes. But Alex Newborn and uh, Derek Osborne, and uh, forgive me, there was a third person, and I should have written it down, who's mentioned uh, in Alex's video. But Mr. X. Mr. X. Mr. Actually, X. Actually,
1: it's fine. Frankly, everybody should go watch the video themselves anyways, just yeah, don't listen yeah, to listen to don't, us retell it.
0: I don't want to play the audio because I don't want to take away from Alex's video. Of so course. So go, go uh, search for Alex Newborn on, on YouTube. But um, so long story short, he and this team have found an alternate version of the show West Reel that was on the 35th anniversary uh, Blu-ray disc. And uh, if you're not familiar, it's uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in front of the soundstage with the Ectomobile. They're doing their pitch for the theater owners uh, at at Show West, which is now called CinemaCon. Um, You know, why should you show Ghostbusters in our theaters? Let us tell you what's in store and let's show you some footage. The funny thing is that that 35th anniversary Blu-ray disc is played without music and it is very clearly obviously edited there's a lot of like jump cuts and stuff like they've ex exor- they've, they've excised some stuff from the the content um and we now know why because there was an alternate version of the theme song underneath that that probably had to be stripped out for rights reasons and it is the mysterious Hughes and thrall song uh wild night is that what it's called mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> And' like cough it up <laughs> that was the perfect was... reaction, <laughs> like, I oh
1: well, more to the point again, go go watch the video like again we're we're more excited to be telling people it's been found, but we're let's not you know let's not give away everything here
0: yeah it's it's a very sort of bouncy that's, uh up, that's me up covering beat.
1: for the fact that I've forgotten what it's called
0: I think it is I think it's called wild night uh right. or, you know it's it's like the ghostbusters are having one wild night is basically the the gist of the song, so right. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where now we have to kind of wait, whoever has this, uh, mysterious VHS tape and wherever it came from, um, we'll have to, I, I, it sounds like it's being digitized, remastered, uh, maybe cut to the picture that was on the, the Blu-ray disc or something just to kind of restore yeah. it so that we can see it. But, uh. I'm excited, man. I've always kind of wanted to, uh, those two th- versions of the theme. I always thought it was one version, but now it's two versions of the theme song, and, and here's our chance. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I still hope that we get good copies to listen to someday. Uh, this will do in the meantime, and I think it may have to do forever because I don't, I don't know how much of this stuff. Every year that goes past is one year further away from – nobody remembers where the masters are. Yeah. Right. Or the masters have deteriorated
0: or just the, well, well or, and it's something that can't see the light of day because of, you know, my, my hunch is that there's no music on that version. That's on the Blu-ray disc is because there's some legal thing. They can't clear that music because the song was never finished. The song was never purchased. Uh, they don't have any of the rights or royalties or any, you know, it was a demo. Um, so how do you clear that uh, as a, as yeah. a lawyer? But, um, so anyway, so, uh, very cool. Go check out Alex newborns uh, his whole series. You know, uh, it, I, I think the poor guy must have a terrible commute because he always does it when he's sitting at a dead stop in his car. Um, so yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a, a fun series to, to check out. But, uh, and then speaking of unearthed things, uh, the 800 number, which, uh, we had thought had been lost again, not knowing that there are people that want to, see or hear things 40 years later. Uh, why would you ever keep an outgoing message on an 800 number for 35 years? Uh, but the, the recording from 1984 was unearthed by the Southland Ghostbusters and, uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe it was better buried. I don't know. What, what were your impressions of it, Chris?
1: Um, it's pretty early eighties Saturday night live. It's, um, it's got a lot of, guys will be guys and gals will be gals and it's i mean it's not super awful but it's at the same time kind of come on gentlemen it's 2020
0: um, uh, yeah it's the i mean it it's the sort of like ladies man uh like fest drunk brothers kind of humor uh that you, you can tell that they're just ad-libbing it they're improv yeah. it, but um, at the same time, it's <laughs> which, like... Which,
1: which, to be honest, I think was exactly what they did for the show Westfield as well. Um, they did a lot of ad-libbing yeah. over almost the entire production of the movie. Um, yeah, I think last time you and I talked about it, we kind of discussed what were the chances we'd find it. And we had set it at fairly low on the basis of it would require somebody in 84 when home taping was going, but certainly not at its peak, Nowhere's near its peak. I think it was kind of in the first third of its home consumer life. So it was still kind of expensive to get the machines and, you know, all that sort of thing. Somebody would have had to have caught it on on TV in the New York area, which means you can't count on the country, somebody in the country, entire uh, United States to pick it up. Somebody in the New York area would have had to be up at night, put it on tape just yeah. randomly or whatever, and then held it for thirty-five years, and we were like, "Wow, those are some low odds." Yeah, um, yeah.
0: and then called the number, and who had access to a speakerphone in '84? Yeah, you know, I remember right? that was like, a big deal. That my dad had the box on his desk that was the speakerphone. Um, but and as it happens, we have it now. But
1: the the thing we didn't think likely did happen is, as you put it, it sounds like somebody put like one of those micro recorders. Yeah, like or a, maybe,
0: a dictaphone, like uh, one of those mini tape recorders, yeah.
1: Yeah, or the answering machines where you could just hit record. You know what I mean? If, even if you had the lineup, you could just hit record, and away they went sort of thing. But not a great tape. Like, it was literally some... <laughs> I could literally see it being some, some tiny little uh, micro tape that was just, you know, uh, running super slow. And uh, just, it's very very muddy there are places that if they hadn't uh transcribed it they put it out as a video with some uh some of the 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 commercial the original commercial running in the background and they put uh subtitles on it and there are places that if it wasn't for the subtitles it'd be like oh boy i don't I, know
0: yeah i would not know it sounds like the the richard nixon recordings to me it's <laughs> like that you know yeah. you know garbled <laughs> uh mess muddy mess but uh i uh which reminds
1: me of the Super Bowl ass. <laughs> Donna, destroy those tapes. I'm not destroying nothing. <laughs> not um, destroying nothing. Uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, I mean, I, I took their audio and I tried to wash it through a bunch of stuff, you know, kind of. You know, yank out some of the low end stuff and just try to boost some high end, and it's just no. It's just yeah. It's
0: it's tough to dig that out, but uh, it
1: it makes it makes it makes the stuff you can kind of understand slightly better to understand, but the stuff that's mud, it's just different sounding mud. But we have it. Yeah, like I say, we can only complain so much because. I didn't think we'd ever hear it, to be honest. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, all the more reason go uh, check out the Southland Ghostbusters. Uh, I think it's on their Instagram and their Facebook page. You can listen to the whole like minute long message, but uh, yeah, but yeah, watch it because yeah, the subtitles are extremely helpful as you as They're you alluded critical, to. Yeah, yeah, well, well uh,
1: worth it. Like I said, just as a piece of, I mean, I, I'm sitting here thinking. I was alive when that came out. It wasn't in the right place, but I was at least alive for it. There's a lot of fans weren't even alive. So just a chance to kind of listen to it. It's like, this is, take it. It's a rare yeah. opportunity. Good or bad, you know, bad quality, good quality. Just take it for what it is.
0: Well, well yeah. Or, or may have been alive <laughs> and not done it because it was 95 cents a minute to call. would not one of those 800 numbers, but uh, yeah. or I In guess those $84. Were Dollars. But anyway, yeah. Um, no, the, AD, the 1-800s were, cost money. That's that's right. It was like after the tone, you will now be billed by your, your telephone carrier.
1: It was only something that changed in the 90s that 800s turned into like toll-free numbers that you could call and stuff like that. But no, back then, uh, I think pure 800s, 1-800s were, would charge you money.
0: Oh yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, the Nintendo hotline at one point was an yeah. 800 number and then switched over to a 900. But
1: uh, oh yeah, and then there was that one with the girl that. Oh wait, hang on. Uh, oh, What? What'd you say? <laughs> you were saying something there, like, Troy. Keep talking. <laughs> I'd, uh, well, let's uh, talk I'd, about Super Bowl ads. I'd <laughs> I'd hit, I'd hit the, the my I'd go to my phone to look it up on Wiki, but. And my hand was halfway there, and then I went. Uh, that'll just hang up the yeah, phone don't again. Do it. Yeah, just leave it. Don't touch. Uh, uh, Super Bowl ads. Super Bowl. Let's talk about the Groundhog Day. Speaking ad. of things we thought we'd never see again.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, a sequel to Groundhog Day is pretty much impossible. Uh, even though there is the VR experience that is is out now on your your Sony PlayStation VR, but. Um, kind of out of the blue and the, and the best part is the behind the scenes of this uh, particular commercial not kind of out of the blue literally out of the blue literally out of the and blue of,
1: and not just for us like came together in the last 3 weeks
0: uh, and, but after years and years of pressing, uh, so four, yeah, four years, I think it yeah, was of him. Just a ridiculous, so the CNBC uh, article, uh, talks about the making of this Ghostbuster Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day commercial. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a great story where the executive, uh, for Jeep had run into Bill at a, at a golf tournament and. And said oh, I'd love for you to to do something for us Because uh, I think you know Jeep being owned by Fiat, it was uh abroad, they were in Italy or something, and yeah. uh, and and of course, bill being Bill was like, yeah, sure, hit my eight hundred number and and I'll think about it uh, which is a great way of saying, I will never respond I will to pass, you. and I will not tell you that I passed, but um yeah, well, it needs to be said, Bill has never
1: done a commercial for anything, not counting trailers you know that that run on t v for stuff he's been in.
0: Well, yeah. And I was also trying to think, is that necessarily true? Because I feel like he was in like a Nike commercial, like a basketball commercial of some sort around the time of Space Jam. But...
1: Again, I'd look it up. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't. For, it would bring, to prevent it would bring technical Studio technical difficulties. North, yeah. Secret Studio North to a crashing halt. Um, I guess maybe around Space Jam he could have, but... <sighs> That might be the second and only commercial he's ever yeah, done. Yeah, and Let's it was just not. If I remember
0: right, it wasn't focused on him. It just he showed he showed up at the end, you know, uh, golfing or something. But uh, yeah. at any rate, uh, a a very faithful replication of Groundhog Day. They even went back to Woodstock and uh, shot on the same yep. corners uh, with uh, Stephen Tobolowski and uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Um, the the editing of the commercial is nowhere near the uh, precise amazingness that was uh, in the groundhog day film uh but it does get the point across that it is you know groundhog day again they've got that same shot of him rounding the corner and, and running into ned ryerson uh and then of course yeah. he he sees that he's got a jeep and he enjoys every day he steals the groundhog and he goes out in his jeep and he loves life uh that's the- i yes i think it went
1: unsaid but i'll say it now i also think part of the reason that he did it too is um uh, it amounted to a paycheck for his brother as well. Um, uh, that's uh, Brian, very true. Brian Doyle, yeah. Murray. Yeah.
0: Brian Doyle um, Murray got paid. Yeah.
1: Well, but I mean, Bill Bill Murray's got uh, a lot of hits under his belt. Brian Doyle Murray is a, you know, a well-established character actor, which means uh, Brian Doyle Murray, uh, Bill Murray can turn down commercials and Brian Doyle Murray uh, definitely wouldn't, probably wouldn't say no because, hey, you know, family and, and all that sort of thing, so... Um, but at the same time, the article also pointed out that just by the way it came together, as in, I guess, months ago, he finally, the, the chief executive clicked on this idea and sent it to Bill and never heard back and decided, well, I guess it's never happening. Uh, and then with, uh, it was the 16th or 17th of January. <laughs> yeah. So try and process that given that. Super Bowl Sunday was,
0: what, the 4th uh, the, yeah, of the, February? F- yeah, the first week of February. So you've got three whole weeks to shoot and edit a Super Bowl commercial and I, spend the money to buy the ad space. Yeah.
1: They, yeah. Like, and they, they said that too.
0: Like they, I guess
1: negotiations for space sometimes can go right up to the last minute. So that, that didn't hobble them. They were preparing to maybe do, let it go or do something else, but, but. Being able to secure the space this close is not unusual. They were able to call uh, Fox and, and haggle it out and, and find the space. But some of the other stuff, like, like I, <laughs> I can't imagine what the crew was, like, uh, and then securing stuff. Like, uh, imagine what it would take to descend upon. Uh, what, where's that? Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Woodstock. Sorry. It's in New York. Yeah. Woodstock, New York. So yeah. imagine descending upon that, the same town and going, we, we need that corner again. Uh, I mean, you can see where they got smart, which was, um, him coming out of the house and I'm not even a hundred percent sure it's the same house.
0: Well, in the bedroom too, they had to recreate the bedroom, the bedroom recreate with the, the clock bedroom. radio and yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, as they pointed out, secure the musical rights for Sonny and Cher. I'm pretty sure, though, if you're spending money at the last minute to get a Super Bowl out there, uh, ad yeah, out you'll, there with Bill you'll Murray, spend
0: for that that music. If yeah. they
1: if they say lots of money, you go here's the bag of it. Just shut up and give it to us. Like <laughs> whatever, done. Uh, but they got to clear it. You know, that's got to be all 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 papered and all all that sort of thing. Um, they. Needed the corner because it's the same corner with uh, Stephen Tobolowski to do his needle nose Ned uh, shtick one more time. <laughs> uh, and then everything else is just sort of where they could, have, like, they just found a good street to put the Jeep on. The what do they call it? The is it Renegade? Uh, the Jeep Mandalorian? I, I can't Jeep remember. The Jeep
0: Mandalorian. Oh, that would be a great tie in. That anyway, would be a good yeah, one. but
1: uh, And then uh, if you flip it around, they had a vague mock-up of, of the news van. Uh, and, a and rough approxi- yeah. A rough approximation of, of uh, Chris, uh, Chris Elliott and... Um, and
0: Andy McDowell. And Andy McDowell.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't stare too closely. It's not them, obviously. Uh, and his brother with somebody, you know, holding the, the, the groundhog. And then all he had to do was go run up, steal it, spoiler alert, get in the Jeep and drive off. And then everything else is outside of town. So they kind of... They were kind of smart about it. They, yeah. they took advantage of the he just wants to go driving in the truck thing and, uh, and, uh, should, you know, go to a farm, shoot that thing there. Uh, and then probably turn the camera around on the farm, put Bill Murray over by that tree <laughs> with the groundhog in a baby carrier, yeah. uh, snowshoeing his way around, complaining, I don't know where we parked. I was following. That is the best line, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not getting enough credit. Uh, and you know, it's a Bill Murray line. So of all the Super Bowl stuff where people are, are sweating bullets at ad companies trying to write these clever ads and all that. Bill Murray showed up. I mean, honest to God, he must've like, so if he says on the 17th, I'm in, the best is maybe they started shooting – They oh, they said it was the 23 days, so 24th it, or yeah. 26th and, or something. And he
0: was literally on the plane writing the commercial on the way there, and he yeah, said he we just, threw that script out the window because it's Bill Murray, and he just ad-libbed, he just uh, ad-libbed 90% it. of it. Yeah,
1: So all that, Bill Murray stands there in the snow with a groundhog and goes, I don't know where we parked. I was following you, and I'm like, there's ad guys <laughs> killing themselves right now. <laughs> like,
0: I couldn't have written that. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, like, the, it's like that uh, – the, the producers, writers, uh, creator panel for Parks and Rec, where they asked the director, like the, the, the who directed most of them, wrote and directed most of them, what his, what he thought the funniest line of the series was. And it was Chris Pratt going. Leslie, I typed your symptoms into the search thing here and it says your problem uh, is your network connectivity. <laughs> oh yeah, it may be a problem with your network connectivity. <laughs> and he said, Chris thought that one up, and it hurts me. <laughs> It yeah, hurts that me to that
0: didn't come up in the writer's room. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's So it's the same thing. Bill Murray just threw out everything, right? From his no, 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 getting out of bed to the – I mean, let's be honest. Not him again is probably not the strongest one. But uh, I think the only thing they probably gave to him was the concept of looking at the Jeep and going, well, that's new. Yeah. As in, it's Groundhog Day repeating. The Jeep is a new element entered into it. And then everything else was
0: just – Bill Murray messing around. Um, yeah, and him getting up out of the bed, excited, and uh, it's it's a fun commercial. The minute long version yeah. is fun, and then the the extended one that they put up the day after is pretty good too. But
1: they, I think the guys who put the ad company must have had some in their back pocket too, because some had to be uh, thought up or had to be. At, Uh, you know, built up. So the, the idea where the one, the, the good one and the extended one is where he walks in and she goes, I'm sorry, sir. We don't allow pets. And he politely goes, Oh, all right. Leaves, (laughs) wakes up, comes back the next day with the groundhog in an emotional support, animal vest. Wearing the
0: vest. Yeah. That's such a good one.
1: You don't, you don't, it's not like you can run into the, the nearest, uh, you know, pet smart and go, do you have a groundhog sized (laughs) emotional support vest, please?
0: Um, yeah, it's so good. And I mean, the the kind of the sense that I got from this, and I, I saw a few uh, interpretations on online, um, you know, from people that were like, "Oh God, every commercial this year in the Super Bowl was playing on nostalgia. It's an '80s property. It's an homage to something. It's using uh, actors or music, or you know, the yeah. Walmart commercial that has uh, Flash Gordon and uh, the two Alex Winters." And uh, but this actually felt like. I mean, yes, obviously it is. It's using Harold Ramis's uh, greatest work uh, f- f- to sell Jeeps, uh, but at the same time, it's it's like this is Bill Murray going back, probably doing stuff that he said he would never do again. And I'm yeah. wondering how much of that was his experience on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, I'll never do another you know Ghostbusters movie again, especially now that Harold's gone. And then he goes and he does this movie uh, in in the the fall, uh, yeah. based upon that Vanity Fair article. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know, it's not so bad. Uh, it's I'll not so
1: bad. It didn't kill him. And yeah. I think we spoke to this point about afterlife too. Revisiting some of this stuff is just sort of a why didn't I do this sooner with Harold sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, with an opportunity, and again, if it, if it had sucked, he wouldn't have done it. But I think they, I think he kind of liked the idea of. Because it's a very simple idea, as in he's stuck back in the day again, but there's a new element entered into it, and he has fun with it, sort of thing. And yeah, and and, and, and I,
0: I'd like to think Harold would be kind of tickled by it. Like, yeah, oh, okay, sure. You know, I don't want to do a sequel to this movie, but I'll do a sixty-second commercial for the Super Bowl that you pay a ridiculous amount of money for, probably equal to the budget of the original yeah. film. And sure,
1: why not? But, I mean, but don't you think too, Bill Murray's the kind of guy that if he can see a way to generate, again, go into the, uh, Brian Doyle Murray thing, if he can find a way to generate money for, you know, his old friends, family and grandkids and all that, and it's not hard.
0: Yeah, why and, not? And and drum up interest in Groundhog Day, which yeah. he always considers one of his you know favorite films that he's worked on on exactly. Groundhog right. Day. What are the odds that the Super Bowl's on Groundhog Day? So well,
1: that, yeah, it, yeah. And also, again, his friend, it, it, I mean, inarguably his best work too. Um, yeah, just keep it keep it alive, right? Yeah. So, and we yeah. did a
0: fun commercial out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's always fun to watch Stephen Tobolowski do a Needle Nose Ned. Uh... <laughs> the funny part is, out of all of them, Stephen Tobolowski, he may be semi-immortal, too, because he, has, he hasn't changed a bloody bit. He never seems to change in any of the stuff he does,
0: so... Oh, I mean, uh, <coughs> it, the, the, all the outtakes of him, you know, doing his like tiger roar and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just great stuff. But
1: I got to go looking now because I guarantee you, if he's not still doing his own podcast, uh, he has, he's definitely going to show up on others and we'll yeah. talk about it. And I want to hear more. I think about he, well, this he was doing
0: that. Was he on One Day at a Time? He was on one of those uh, sitcoms and it was kind of taking up all of his time. But uh, yeah. But anyway, so I, I'm sure you've all seen it if you're listening to this podcast. But if you haven't, go go check it out. Watch it a few times. It's uh, it's pretty brilliant. And uh, if you're, if a you're Bill not Warner aware, fan,
1: the the minute they ran in the Super Bowl, there's like a two minute long one online. Is that how it goes, or is yeah, it thirty seconds like, to a, like a two minute?
0: Yeah, it's like I think it's ninety seconds, or yeah, maybe yeah. it is a full two minutes. But um, there's a,
1: there's a there's a much longer version which has w- like uh, some of the stuff we talked about was not in the Super Bowl cut. So yeah. Um, and and the best part is is I don't know what the arrangement was, but I I don't know how it works. Like, do some of them like um you're not you when you're hungry? Like so that went the national. Snickers bars, yeah. That started with the Super Bowl, but it kept going. Like they ran that original one and then just made more of them. So I'm kind of hoping if you watch TVs and commercials and all that they may run it for a few more months
0: just in other places too right yeah uh, or we'll see like a a a 15 second version that's got stuff that we haven't seen in in the previous versions too so but at the end of the day
1: i think they got their what do you figure it is five million dollars for
0: their spot like (sighs) boy i i mean the the budget for the production alone (coughs) was probably at least five million uh and then you think I I mean, knowing how fast it happens, so you're traveling in all those actors, you're paying all of those yeah. actors. It's a
1: very weird balance between it has to happen fast so it cannot be huge and bloated. So on the one hand, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's probably fairly stripped down. Like that thing w- was... Uh, I do not think they went crazy with setups and stuff like that oh, by the looks no, of it. no, no. I mean, if, especially if it's the same shot time. in three days,
0: yeah. too. Yeah. But
1: then the flip side of the coin is, is under those conditions and you're moving fast and it cannot not get done, you find yourself confronting problems with just throwing cash yeah. in, right? Like yeah, just, totally. It cannot, it's not a, it's not a, uh, let's just massage it for the next three weeks and see if we can get it sorted. It's like, no, you will <laughs> take this checkbook. <laughs> Go. <laughs> it, sorted it goes on like the tomorrow. Air in
0: 14 days. Good luck. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, v- very awesome to see it. I, I enjoyed. It was it was quite the surprise to see people posting photos from uh, Woodstock online. And you know, there's Bill and and uh, Stephen and so uh, it's, it's good yeah. good to see how it finally turned out. <laughs> Welcome to our first ever G-B-A-U-A-M-A-U-A-A-A meeting.
1: G-B-M-M-A? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're so going to lose. I want you, steward in the cage. <laughs> uh, so. I heard you talk last week, brother. <laughs> you're not going to last one round with me. No,
0: no, I'm weak. My larynx <laughs> is weak.
1: Uh, but, That's it, not to mention I've seen you. <laughs> also true. <laughs> 110 pounds, soaked wet. Weak, nerdy, <laughs> frail. Uh, 150 pounds holding your daughter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so what we did, <laughs> we opened up the, we, we do have the uh, the voicemail where we solicit you guys to you know get your voices on the air. But I thought it would yeah. be kind of fun to just sort of throw out a, hey, uh, we're short on content, ask us anything. <laughs> it's, it's a bit uh, of a on, slow week. And it worked out pretty well, but uh, so I'm just gonna pull some questions here, Chris, and we'll, we'll sure. answer them as they come. So, uh, are these let's like,
1: see. Do these need expert advice? Do we need a, uh, some, some sort of proclamation? Uh, uh, I'll happily talk about your prostate, but I am not a doctor. Like, well, I mean, I
0: yeah, h- half of them are about carpets and wood floors in uh, living rooms. <laughs> so I don't well, know whether my is to be there. No. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> But well, uh, all right. Well, here, here's here's a good sure. example. Uh, uh, the Michigan Ghostbusters ask, "What's your favorite cocktail?" That's that's an easy one. We don't have to be experts on that one. I mean, we're experts because we, we drink a lot. I don't know if we should admit that on the air. Maybe <laughs> this is an AA meeting. Now that I'm thinking no, about no. it. No,
1: We I was going to say we drink considerably, but that's not right. Yeah, we drink
0: responsibly.
1: Uh... None of the descriptors, we drink intently. No, that's not what, we drink with intention. We drink Does that with make purpose. A, yes. Distinction. Yes. That's we, anyway. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know, what, do you, do you want to field it first? What's your favorite cocktail? Oh, it changes. Um,
1: I'm not into bitter. I'm not into sour. Uh, I'm slightly into sour. But mostly uh, the sweeter stuff. Um, what, what do we call a cocktail? So if it's two components, uh, like a mixer, that yeah, doesn't a count, mix- right?
0: uh, Yeah, like a, It has like th- three components and up, right? Yeah, exactly. So something that you would need a, a bartender to concoct for you. That's how I would define it. Yeah, what... Um, More than just like a vodka tonic or, you know, something like that.
1: Um, it It shouldn't fall into the category, but I've had a couple of good Cosmos. But those are nearly impossible to find a bartender that knows how to make them. Yeah, those are the yeah. kind of ones where you have to kind of like hear from somebody or read online or oh, I have the best Cosmo and if you read those go there and have one because going anywhere else randomly and saying I'd love to have a Cosmo it, uh, it probably won't work. <laughs> I'm not really um, <laughs> the best cocktail I ever had. I think technically it was a zombie and that was when I was uh, on vacation in um, Mexico And the thing is, is that's just rum and fruit juices. It's very hard to screw up. Plus, uh, I'm not under any work pressure and they'll start serving them to you at like 11 o'clock in the morning in the pool. So for me, that one was pretty good.
0: Yeah. That's all right.
1: But, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The ones I'm enjoying most is like the ones I've been, I got to get this book done, but, um, I'm kind of like, I'm in the middle of coming up with one for, um, Uh, for Peck, I don't know what to call it though, but it's a, um, uh, did I mention, have I ever complained on here? I was at a a friend's house, uh, I guess it was October and he had a, a Jameson's, I guess it was a ginger shandy or something like that. They served it in cans and it yeah. was ginger beer with Jameson's oh, whiskey yeah, in it. yeah, You did
0: mention that, that you had to make your own. Yeah. And then
1: I found out, oh no, it's, you know, it's a, it was a summertime only thing. And then of course I sit around grumping for months like an idiot until I realized I can just mix that because ginger <laughs> beer is not, is not prohibited. Yeah. I know where to get whiskey. Wait um, a minute. So I'm in the middle of trying to uh, come up with my own. It's, it's not, again, it turns out it is a, it's as simple as spit. And, and yeah, it's just a, I think they call it a whiskey ginger. So I'm trying to come up with a, an altered whiskey ginger. And because it's a ginger, I thought, ha ha, Walter Peck, <laughs> vaguely red haired. Let's do that. I just <laughs> yeah, don't know what works. to call it. Like yeah. part of me is like, wants to call it a court order. Because so, the joke okay, being, that that if you go to the bar, would you like, you go get a court order. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, so, I would like to be served a court order, please. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. yeah. Served a court order. So that's, if anybody can think of a better one, let me know, but I'm kind of thinking I'm going with that one. That's a So good one. there's your yeah. answer. I have my nostalgic one. I have my general one. And then I have that, uh, the one I'm working on myself and I've done a couple others too. Like we've done the, the, the golden Cadillac and the Miller Meteor mm-hmm. variant and all that. Those are, del- I, I don't think there's a, a fave cocktail. Um, I think it's just whatever the mood strikes me, wherever I'm at. So I, I don't, i I do not have a this is the drink, and I have it yeah, you over, don't have and, it over go and over to and over again. No, yeah. so um, that's so a you're, dumb you're, answer. You're, Sorry, you're
0: not you're not a James Bond where you go and you order the same thing every time, huh? <laughs>
1: hey, James. Speaking of ads, James Bond, not James Bond. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> the the not James Bond commercial. The the what is it? Uh, they're a sponsor of the new. Bon- they're a, a, a licensed uh, product in the new James Bond. What is it?
0: Uh, oh, like one of the, the vodkas
1: or Stella Artois, maybe or something uh, like that. Stella Heineken. Doesn't Heineken. Heineken do that? I think it might be Heineken. But yeah. anyway,s it's it's Daniel Craig on vacation and everybody keeps, "Hey, James Bond," and he's trying to uh, chase after the cab that he left his passport in, and he's doing that. <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig intense yeah. sprint and these two old men, Hey, James Bond. And then he stops winded. No, not James Bond. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I didn't see that one. I missed that one. That's a, it's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, um, uh,
1: I have no good answer, but I have a bunch that I uh, enjoy.
0: Mm. Well, there you go. That's, I like beer. That's all I'm going to say. Beer. No, I'm just kidding.
1: You are, you know, that's not, I. I will say you I'm interested to see what you say about your cocktail because I know you are more of a discerning...
0: I, I, yeah, I do. I do enjoy going to the uh, the small craft breweries, and uh, in fact, you know, I still I take issue with your uh, critique of Granville Island Brewery, uh, <laughs> like Winter
1: Ale. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the brew, I, there are many fine beers that I drink from Granville Island.
0: But ah, oh, they're delicious, chocolatey that's, ale. I'm like it's mm. a must stop every time you're in Vancouver. But uh, I don't want no, beer, I, mean, or I want chocolate. I don't want chocolate beer. This is I mean, dumb. I get that. I get what kind people of alcoholic love the Willy IPAs Wonka too, crap. Is this that's fine. To each their own, but uh, I would say my favorite cocktail. I, I, my friend Jason and I have a go to where everywhere we go, we have to try either their uh, old fashioned or their Manhattan. Uh, you can tell the caliber of a place based upon the old fashioned or the Manhattan that they serve you. Right. Yeah. See, um,
1: unlike unlike you, I don't. I do that for burgers. <laughs> if I test <laughs> them, I'll like, have your burger. Hmm, good burger, bad burger. I will not test those. I do not trust untested waters yeah yeah and i will not test them that way so brave of you
0: i mean that's that's kind of my go-to and and for that reason uh i love uh it's a very specific cocktail at a place called jackson's food and drink which is out here in la uh and it is it's called a doc and it's uh rye bitters and then two liqueurs and i can't remember what they are off i was frantically trying (laughs) to find the menu here so that i could actually give you the creme de menthe and <laughs> <maraschino> <laughs> and syrup yeah I mean it's it's something like that it's like <laughs> like candy corn. it's
1: like candy it's like corn infused Italian. vodka
0: yeah what? candy corn infused vodka no you yes anyway uh, <laughs> alright so we're through one question we have there we go like 25 more to go here oh good Uh, so we have a couple of Ghostbusters Afterlife questions here. Uh, Mm -hmm. our good friend, uh, Matt Provencal, uh, has asked us what bands we would like to see on the Ghostbusters Afterlife soundtrack. You want to know what I think? Yeah. What do you think? This, this is a good one. This is like a full discussion topic, I think. I don't think there's going to be one. I think there's going to be a soundtrack, a score soundtrack, uh, but I don't. Oh, but Jason Reitman is known for his, like, up in the air in and Juno uh, and, like, well-curated, uh, like, Jason Bentley morning-becomes-eclectic uh, soundtracks.
1: Yeah, the trouble being, and I think it's something that kind of got learned on uh, Answer the Call, he is hearkening back to an 80s film, and obviously he's not going to put 80 stuff in it. And if he, yeah. but if he doesn't put 80 stuff in, if he puts modern stuff, everybody kind of goes like, it doesn't, everybody feels that it's not ringing the same bell as listening to the old soundtrack. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, it doesn't kind of, the, the answer the call had a couple of tracks in there that I really enjoyed, but at the same time, all they mean to me is they, uh, when they get played, it, it, uh, uh recalls answer the call to me. It does not, Recall Ghostbusters as a whole so And given the It gets it depends Because they keep talking about Oh the The drama and the family And the serious You know Like the dealing with Egon thing Uh, Oh there's comedy But you know Finn's talking about Oh there's lots of scary And all this I'm like
0: I don't know well, but there's there's uh, going to be source music. You know, when the family packs up and they're heading out to Oklahoma and they're in their car, yeah, there's going to be music playing or, on that radio. One or two, but not yeah. an album. And
1: I, I, again, at the same time, you put, what, maybe two songs in the middle and then you maybe put something at the end that is not a soundtrack yeah. made. At which point are you doing the score like sort of like they did with the original? Actually, that could be a way to go where he just gives us the original soundtrack, but peppered in the middle of it is a couple of these pop tracks that are curated. Uh, that I, be I don't great. know.
0: If, if there's only like a handful if there's like <clears throat> five or six songs that are very prominently featured in the movie, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, uh, that it's, and, and I hope that they're eclectic. I hope that it's not, you know, recognizable, uh, you know, I I would love to say like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Bruno Mars, uh, Demi Lovato, like all the, you name the 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 pop musician uh, du jour. Um, but I kind of hope that it's a little more obscure and a little more eclectic. And, and yeah, this, I can tell you what I don't want. I basically keep d- like deviating toward things smash that mouth. I don't want. No Smash Mouth, absolutely Bruno no seven. Smash mouth. Uh. Rune, Rune five, five. Sorry. yeah. I was reading Rune
1: it seven today. is their spinoff band. <laughs> so no, some guy was
0: complaining, I don't trust Rune Five. Do you know why? There's <laughs> seven of them. <laughs> um. Um, but you know, the one thing that I the one critique I would have of the answer the call soundtrack is how many sort of variations on Ray Parker Jr.'s theme can you have on one soundtrack? And I, I love that theme song. We have talked yeah. about how it's it's catchy. It's not a great song, but it's catchy, and it's it's been with us for so long uh, that when you get to a soundtrack, that is okay. So the first song is uh, uh, "Good Girls," which is its own thing. Then you have like uh, the Fallout Boy version of the song. Then you have the Mark Ronson version of the song. Then you have yeah. the Pentatonics version of the song. Then you have uh b- b- samples of the song within a song uh so I, I kind of i i don't want them to rely upon the ghostbusters theme song as heavily as answer the call did
1: yeah i'll tell you out of the entire answer the call that g easy track actually was my favorite of the entire soundtrack
0: yeah yeah uh, but same um, thing references who you are going to call like it's it's got it right there it in it references like, the hook who's going to the...
1: call but he yeah musically uh uh, the, the, yeah, I guess the who call kind of, yeah, a little bit. A yeah, little well, bit. I it, see what you're saying,
0: I, enough that Ray Parker Jr. got credit on the, the I guess music that's true. for that. You know. I guess uh, that's true. So. Yeah. Well. Uh, I, that, I don't know. A it,
1: it's, it's a tricky one. It is a really tricky. Uh, who specifically like to see on it though? Like kind of Juno alternative. To- see, at this point it just becomes people we like especially if you if you mention like the, the eclectic. Yeah. Not uh, top 40s. Like in that case, I'm like, I can, I can, there's a bunch of stuff off of the last three Tycho albums that I think would be really great. Like they're yeah. very atmospheric. Some of them are kind of darker. Some of them are sadder. Some of them are happier. You know what I mean? Like.
0: Yeah. I could, I could hear somebody more like a, like a, a St. Vincent or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to say. It's hard to really pinpoint, you know, what this family from wherever they're moving from to Oklahoma. Let's say it's upstate New York or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're it probably listening be... to stuff that's trendy and and kind of hip and cool uh, at the time. Yeah. So it would
1: be fun to if you want to play around with newer names. Perhaps again, not huge names. This does not feel like a movie where they're going to throw maybe one name just for the. The free radio track advertising. Yeah, that one single. Yeah, the one single radio play single. But uh, you know, decent, uh, well established. Um, Get them to do the other songs, right? Like, get somebody to redo. I believe it's magic and stuff like that. And actually, the funny part is now that I think about it, what I'm, (laughs) what I'm thinking of is remember we, um, we put together and put out that that playlist of we did one episode, a mixtape episode, and of alternate versions and covers of of songs from I think I did it for Ghostbusters 2 and that was based off the fact that years prior I had done a similar thing as like an mp3 playlist for the first movie and that was a lot of fun listening to alternates and demo tracks and people covering it like 20 years later people that may not even have been
0: you know, oh grade man! School well, yet. Yeah. What are the odds that it's the it's identical to the '84 soundtrack, but it's with new artists kind of putting a spin yeah, on those, spin those particular on, songs?
1: So what's um, let's let's list it off here. So uh, cleaning
0: up the town would be
1: one. That would be fun to get revisited. Definitely, um, the I believe it's magic. That'd be a good one could, um, could
0: hear yeah definitely a few variations on that uh, I think if I think you could
1: leave the Thompson twins alone, that one is not a super well known um uh, uh, in the name of love, not a super well-known <laughs> well, track of theirs.
0: And, and you listen to but the, the new screams Pet Shop 80s. Boys, it's, yeah. it, it, they're still doing the same thing. Uh, Depeche Mode, still doing the same thing that they were doing, uh, back in the eighties. So. Yeah.
1: Or, um, you know, get, the, get the vocals, uh, get the, you know, get the masters and then remaster that track, you know, beef it up. So it's not that, you know, the tinny eighties recording. That's me being mean uh, they, oh, wow. uh, the, the 80s recordings are tinny, but compared to the how much you can master into tracks now uh, for listening to you know in your inside your skull headphones sort of thing that you can get you can beef a lot more out of recordings yeah. Um. <laughs> That sounds may, bad to say, I'm sitting there going <laughs> I don't think that Me
0: Beef up <laughs> You can beef A lot I'm 13 I'm, I'm If anybody anyway. Leaves the scene <laughs>
1: Saying I beefed out An album Walk away Just uh, walk away Um did you watch the Grammys? Did you <laughs> did they beef Did you out catch so and so beef out that live performance? Beef that live performance. Um, uh, gross. <laughs> and gross total gross. But I think the Thompson Twins is a good one. If you want to do like a kitschy throwback to the eighties at any point in it, like, you know, the radio at the hardware store or whatever. Just run the, that original Thompsons Twins one. Yeah. You can leave that alone, yeah. and then remaster it. Put it on the album because that would be a great one to hear remastered. That's a that one's a solid '80s Thompson Twin
0: track. Um, saving the day. Does Saving the Day turn into something else or no? Is that is that too hmm. on the nose '1980s?
1: Yeah, it's a little close. I can't discount that a clever musician might not be able to cover it. And it kind of, it's a great track too, but. If it has a particular characteristic,
0: it's got a bit of that '80s cheese to it. But it could, going it could on. be an instrumental <laughs> without the lyrics, though. Like that—that yeah. that same sort of driving uh, intro that you hear That's in the movie. That's true. Could the, be... the horns and the doo, doo, yeah, doo. yeah. That'd be that could be good.
1: Um, and and like I said, some of these can be—they could be deconstructed as Easter eggs too, right? Like the TV's running in the background and a commercial runs and. You you're playing you're playing that bit of music as yeah. the, as the jingle sort of thing, right? And so. all of us go,
0: oh my god! And everybody who's not familiar just doesn't pick up on it. Yeah.
1: Uh, is there anything else?
0: Because of course uh, it was a mix. It was half Bernstein. And, like oh, hot Oh wow! Would, and Disco Inferno.
1: Oh, Disco Inferno has to be in there.
0: Uh, what else? would be That a-
1: one, that one's a no brainer because that one has already been remastered, re-engineered and reissued yeah, a few yeah. times. Uh, not to mention, uh, covered by producer DJs, right. To give it more, you know, to really amp up, uh, where house music has gone rather than the, where, where they were in the disco era when they put that out sort of thing. So you could, and I think that was one of the ones that we put out in the mixtape. Like you can, there's a. Yeah, you could get a
0: really good uh, yeah. disco inferno in there. Um, well, so that's, I, a, that's some good driving music too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, I mean the whole soundtrack is good driving music yeah. except for Air Supply. I always skip the Air Supply song, but uh, dan, dan, dan. no. Dan, dan, dan. What the hell are you doing? Dan, 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 dan. Uh, so anyway, so I, I bet this is a question that they are facing right now in in I the edit bay working on a... the what? 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 That's a different song. That's. Is no. it? No, that's
1: their supply song, isn't it? No. Or is no. That the, or is that an Air Supply
0: song from an entirely different album? Yeah, you're wait, See, you skip it too. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, here's here's a good here's a good question. Sure. We can, And and thanks. That's a good question, Matt. I mean, that's one that I bet we could spend a whole show talking about. We didn't
1: answer your question as as
0: you phrased it, but hopefully, well, you got um, so James Green Jr. on the, uh, the Twitters asks, who is smarter, Egon or Egon's brother Elon from the Earth Day special? I got my answer. All right. Well, you go first. Elon. Elon. Why Elon?
1: Really? Yeah. Cause Elon saw where the hell we are right now, 30 <laughs> years ago. You remember that <laughs> Egon time Egon a said, a about I was going to say, you remember that time Egon said we should do something about climate? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Elon, he was <laughs> in there. Not only that, in there and
0: fighting. So I right. answer I'll give you that. Elon. Thank you. I, I I will play the devil's advocate and say Egon because nobody ever heard of Elon before, and they never heard of Elon after. So you know, just saying. Yeah. Well,
1: well I'm just saying history will prove Elon right. <laughs> we may all be dead in the process. <laughs> well, we're but... on our way there uh, and <laughs> growing every day. Egon, Egon is. Egon is great because Egon as a character, he was the 80s end of um, a 30-year trend through the 50s, 60s, and 70s of B-movies and science fiction scientist guys. Yeah, yeah. And... Half the time they didn't know what the hell they were doing, but he was, he, he benefited from being at the tail end of the, I'm going to make the special tool that solves the special problem. Only, whereas in most of the time in the fifties ones, they were like, I made the thing and it caused the problem. So maybe it's up to me to try and fix it. Or here's the problem. And I made the thing and maybe it'll work. Whereas he gone went, here's the problem. I made the thing. And then I made this thing to go with it that helps you track down the thing you're going to shoot. Yeah. Uh, and then I put some stuff on top of the car to help us track down the thing. Oh, and I figured out where to store it. And we haven't even seen or trapped one yet. It's like, but, <laughs> and, well but Elon,
0: Elon is basically just a scientist in the, uh, the day after tomorrow going like, we're all going to die. And nobody pays attention to him. So <laughs> you feel bad for the poor guy. It doesn't uh, we mean don't he's know. inferior.
1: You just feel bad for him. We don't know. We don't know what he's done. Who did Elon Musk buy his uh battery patent, You know, companies from? We don't know. Could have been Elon. Oh. We have no idea. Do
0: you think Elon Musk is Elon Spangler? Oh. Elon. Well, we'll come back to that one. Um <laughs> here's here's one from, uh, from I from Instagram. Like that you
1: actually stopped for a second and went, whoa. Wait like I could a hear minute. I I I could, I could hear <laughs> I could hear the uh the what's his name? Um uh Keanu Reeves, whoa. Like there was whoa. A, Anyways, <laughs> uh,
0: let's go. So here's one from, uh, Corey on our Instagram, uh, who says, what is your current favorite non GB podcast? Well, Corey, I would have to say it is podcasting after dark. And I'm <laughs> not just saying that because it is your podcast. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I do enjoy Corey's podcasts. Uh, he also has a great Seinfeld show, um, I don't know, Chris, what we usually talk about, you know, Gilbert Gottfried's yeah. amazing colossal podcast, yeah. uh, monster party. monster party, uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. That's a good
1: one. Um, and Andy Richter's three questions is Andy very Richter's good. Andy Richter's three
0: questions. Uh, the, the yes, have some, uh, friends, obviously, uh, we mentioned quite often. Um,
1: I've been enjoying quite a bit, uh,
0: recently, uh, life is short
1: with Justin Long.
0: Oh, yeah. Life is Short is great. That's uh, a good one. Soundtrack um, show. David W. The soundtrack Collins' show. Is, uh, soundtrack show is great.
1: I highly recommend Super Ego. That one never fails to make me laugh. Um, and the best part is is they're on their sixth season. I mean, they've been doing it for 10-plus years because uh, they don't get to it all the time. But um, uh, Matt Gorley, if you listen to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, uh, Matt Gourley, who's the producer... On that show, you hear him at the beginnings and all that. Um, Very funny guy, uh, very talented comedian and improver. uh, Teaches improv and uh, acting and all that sort of thing. Somewhere In in, between doing his hundreds
0: of podcasts.
1: Hundreds of podcasts. Yeah, he's a, a podcasting whiz. And one of the earliest ones is he and his buddies would get together and just improv stuff. And then it was him. He'd sit down and he'd really tighten everything up in the edit and add sound effects. So they were just funny to begin with. And then he drops stuff on top of it. It's just hilarious. And, and it
0: works really well. Yeah. They're in the middle of the
1: sixth season. one dropped last night. And it's all about people waiting about for the reservation at a restaurant. And it's just free-flowing nonsense. And at <laughs> one point, Paul F. Tompkins, as the hostess, goes, uh, somebody makes a Star Wars reference. So he goes, do you want to hear my IG-88 ref- uh, impression? Beep, bop, boop. I like money for some reason. And <laughs> It's
0: like <laughs> two in the
1: morning, and I'm just
0: <laughs> trying not to
1: wake the family. Like, it just. Oh uh, man!
0: I mean, speaking of Paul F. Tompkins, Spontanea Nation. I wish he was still doing that. Was always a fun one where was, they would just that was some solid you know, improv stuff. Uh, scenes. But um,
1: I really enjoy uh, the Dana Gould Hour.
0: Dana Gould, um, yeah, he's got Dana some really good. great guests. Um, uh, I mean, Reitman for the job. It's it's. In theory, uh, Ghostbusters related, but um, you know Ross. Wait, would, are, we, are we doing non or not? Well, yeah, he I said guess non Ghostbusters. Well, but that's technically a non because yeah, because it's more about Ivan Reitman's films and the history of his filmmaking career. Um, and that one was very good. Um, I don't. There's lots, man. I mean, that's that's um, the problem is I can't say what is my current favorite because I just listened to so many. Yeah. Uh, there's well, there's so much good is, programming out there now. Yeah.
1: And the trouble is, is that again. Um, I find that after two or three weeks of listening to some things, I put them on a break for a few weeks and then have to catch up. Like I, I'm in the mood and then I binge through a bunch more. So that's kind of problematic. Uh, every little thing. I like that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then tech what's the stuff? other
0: oh, tech stuff is good.
1: 99% invisible. That's a really good one. Uh, and oh, ec- I'm one not goes, What's that one? That is a, I think that's an NPR one. And the, as the title suggests, it's about, uh, missed overlooked stories. So they just find these, uh, you know, these things that aren't really generally talked about these hidden stories or things that it's trying to, I, Touch my phone to look at one to give you an example, but I'm not allowed to. Right? <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. But it's uh, there's a bunch of NPR ones. They all kind of slosh around the same production teams. So what is the um, Snap Judgment? That one's really great. It's a kind of a again a storytelling uh, one. Uh, like not as in made up stories, but again it's it's real people telling real stories. So they have their producers that find. These stories, they I and the reason I find out about a lot of these ones is sometimes they'll like ones on break, but they'll go. That's a really great story. That that show, you know, our sister show ran. A couple of weeks back. That's interesting. We will rerun it on ours to let people know. And there's, you know, in that way you can find. That's what I really like finding is like kind of the, the documentary.
0: So it's I kind of more <laughs> like This American Life, uh, which I, that's another favorite of mine. Uh, but where it's it's storytelling and, and yeah. first person perspectives and documentarian yeah. uh, kind of stuff. Tighter. Yeah. um Mobituaries. Oh, do you listen to that one? No, I should be listening to mobituaries though. Mo Rocca, uh, yeah. always a
1: funny guy, and his hook is that it's about uh, not just dead and gone people, but dead and gone ideas, places, just stuff that has passed. Yeah. Uh, and there's some really great stuff in that one. And
0: I love uh, Mo Rocca, So that's yeah. uh, He's a very yeah. funny guy. All those Daily uh, Show guys. Well, I, I mean, that's that's a pretty... Whew. That should get you started, really, uh, right? There's your playlist <laughs> for the next 10 years. Uh, hope, <laughs> hope you're looking for that, Corey. Um, all right, should we do one more? Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> Man, these are all actually really good. I should Just save some of these. We can... Oh, right. you want to save some? Okay. Well. Uh, well, here's one that I think will take some time to get into, but here's one that I think we can kind of like... Uh, so Dan asks, Am I wrong for thinking that the Ecto-1A is cooler than the ecto one parenthetical it is though wink face I, I danny i don't think you're wrong i think the ecto-1a is awesome i love the ecto-1a it's got a special place in my heart yes it's kind of ridiculous i'm not gonna <laughs> lie I, I do understand why yes. if the ghostbusters were a real thing they they downsized after 1989
1: <laughs> yeah um hearken on to me internet generation the word of the day is subjective <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well true
1: yeah you can be you can say the ecto-1a is way better and be absolutely right and from where I'm standing completely wrong and both are correct and bo- um, Yeah, there's
0: yeah totally
1: uh, and to be honest that's when we keep talking about when it because I find as time goes on it's weird to run into people that are like all oh, right like Ghostbusters 2 better than the first one I'm like okay I mean that's not me but at the same time, I understand people come at it from different angles, different ways. They like different things about it. Uh, obviously, we will spend the rest of our lives trying to point out to people that uh, a lot of people, uh, are, you know, discovered Ghostbusters through Answer the Call. And they are completely right that yeah. for them that it's a great movie, even if you do not like it. Um, and that doesn't make them <clears throat> wrong.
0: Doesn't make Dan I, wrong. It doesn't make anybody that loves no. Answer the Call wrong. It's just that's your your perspective on I it. I yeah.
1: like the Ecto-1A um, because it was the first of the model kits you could make.
0: Oh, uh, interesting! That
1: was the first chance you could make yourself, other than the the real Ghostbusters, that was really the only. Yeah, that might have been the only other Ecto you could get at the time was to make the model kit of it.
0: I I mean that's okay. That's <coughs> interesting because I would say I I like the Ecto One A because and I tried to convey this in in the Ectomobile manual book it's it's the digital version of the analog Ecto 1 so it's yeah. got the satellite dish and it's got the PC inside and it's a lot it, But it it is. It's way too much. It doesn't make sense if it's the digital age and everything is getting smaller. Why did the car get bigger? From
1: where we're at, the Ecto-1A is actually kind of a visual joke in its own right in that, remember, the redesign of it was entirely about people forgot about us for five years, but now we're back in business, right? And so that's why a lot of the buildup of it is those you know, the LED light boards and stuff like that. Like it's, it is in its own way, just kind of a joke reference to the fact
0: that they're back.
1: Yeah. The optics Um, of
0: their, their marketing campaign, basically. Right
1: down to the fact that the first shot of it, that's, that's text scroll. What does it read? We're back. Like it's just, it was done as a joke sort of thing. But, but in terms of iconic, you know, if you ask people to describe the Ecto, they'll hit the shared elements, right? The fins and the, the body shape and, and all that sort of thing. And, ah, man, the light boards will not come up until way further down. Cause it's (laughs) just, it's not, it's not part of the iconic There's a reason why when toy companies and all that redo stuff, the, the one a is a collector's item because you know, when Johnny lightning redoes them or hot wheels does a version or whatever, uh, because for the most part, mostly they try to hit the largest market, which yeah. is the people who are familiar with the, you know, the, the Ecto-1. car. So, yeah. Uh, so it's not, and the other thing too, is I think the Ecto-1A to a degree is a, is a nod back to some of the earlier concept designs for the first movie because those sketches for those Ectos, it was pretty open.
0: Oh, I mean... Overlaid overladen there, at, too. Yeah, like Stephen Dane's uh, <laughs> the, the Ecto trailer and the taxicab that was going to, yeah. like, extend and all sorts yeah, of crazy didn't stuff. Yeah, did the
1: taxicab sketch have the, the, the light signs, it, too? Yeah,
0: it had the lights. I mean, the light signs were very... I remember my Wendy's had a light sign. Like, <laughs> yeah, it had God. one of those big sandwich board light signs and you're like, why does Wendy's need that? But, um... So, you're not wrong. Uh,
1: I don't personally think you're correct for me but hey you do you
0: um, I, I mean they both kind of hold a really special place in my heart i mean especially yeah. when i bought the the um the hot wheels elite uh versions yeah. i needed to have ecto-1 and ecto-1a because you know they're they're both equally cool i apologize i'm, I'm being
1: very uh, boogery here on stage you uh, i'm recording Ew. I beefed my nose um, don't, don't beef out a song on the air Come on <laughs> I, um, What I was surprised to discover was how much The 1A meant to people And again, it's not wrong I enjoy yeah. the 1A as well But people were Part of this too is I think uh, This era Of the internet, people are always happy To find something to be mad at, but people were Genuinely mad and hurt That the the afterlife's car was referencing back to the first movie and not the second one in the of, way? Yeah. And yeah. again, I just gotta point out by and large, for the largest chunk of an audience, people respond to the first movie car, not to the second movie car. So and again there's I can see that as fans we kind of wonder where the continuity is Uh, And this comes back to the... This had to be brought up last time, too. They are not aiming these movies at us hardcore fans. There will be stuff in it. Don't get me wrong. That is just for us. But if they cannot bring in the rest of the the world along with us, it's not going to do well. And in those regards, decisions are made that, yeah, they're just... Yeah, the A just gets stripped back, sort of thing. Who knows? Too those light boards, maybe they rented them. <laughs> just, they had to give they them had back. Had to return them back to the yeah the <laughs> rental shop. Um, I also, I often, I still hold a, a holdout hope that the next time uh, Monster Trucks uh, has a, a a revival, somebody lifts that idea of mine to do the fiberglass shell body do like do an ecto monster truck sort of like the remote control one that came out yeah. uh, and if you're just fight tuning in digger. if you're just tuning in and you said hey i took that from the rc car no they took it from me technically <laughs> from my dreams because i never my toys. i never told anyone." but the, i've been talking about that one for like 20 years leave me alone uh in my head i kind of liked it as the ecto one but it uh again it's all fiberglass body just because you're going to have to crush it over and over and just remake a new body quickly. But the one thing that has a function to it that you're going to have to replace every time is put those light bars on. Because the the best part is that you have a team that goes out to these things and that light board is just like... <laughs> August fourth, Men in Black Seven. You know what I mean? Like, so they're on national TV, monster trucks crushing one another, and this light bar going off. Like Minions Two, or actually, no, that's coming out this summer. Forgive me, but uh,
0: yeah, that's already in the works. Don't. It's in the
1: works. Minions Three. Oh, I just
0: ruined my own joke.
1: Anyways, uh, thanks. It was a good question. You're absolutely right. You're totally wrong.
0: And uh, yeah. All all very good questions, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sending those in at the last minute. And with the ones we didn't get to, we'll save those. We'll do another one of these. This was uh, a lot don't of fun. don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghost stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again.
1: We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470 242 4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page do? and Twitter accounts. Is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters. Interdimensional cross rip. On Twitter, look for Troy at GhostbustersHQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just wanna get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That
0: makes good sense. Don't wait another minute, pick up your
1: phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC.
0: That ought alright, do it. Thanks very much, right? All right, Chris. Um, I have one more question. Sure. Uh, that was submitted from a user, uh, a listener, uh, and it's very pointed toward you. Man, Name I have a her. Shame her. Name <laughs> her. Shame her. I, I have a feeling it's going to set up your final <laughs> thoughts here. That's from our good friend, good friend Adriana, who says, Chris. Can we add the facts of life to the list of carpeted living rooms? I mean, you're the expert on this yes, now, so.
1: Yes, uh, and no, that was not my final thought. And see, I'm not the expert. I just wondered. And you all came along for the ride, and now you're being mean to me I, about it. So that,
0: now you have to explain what this question no, is No, I'm going to do my
1: it. final thought first, and then I'll do it. All the right, next fine. Question. Give me your final thought. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reminder. Have you checked your uh, your email for your uh, cleaning up the town um, uh, survey uh, fulfillment emails? Because a few people so said on?
0: that they didn't know and they found it in their spam folders. Mm-hmm. And
1: if you don't recall doing the survey or anything like that and you cannot find it, go into the Kickstarter campaign and you can message the buenos there saying, Hello, do you have everything you need from me? And they will say... Uh, we don't have an address for you or, you know, what size t-shirt do you wear? I don't think they did t-shirts, but just as an example, uh, do that now because yeah, they, I think since we recorded last time, uh, the UK stuff, uh, not on Netflix, but basically on everything else in the UK t- and Canada is, uh, close behind here now getting close. Uh, and, uh, that typically means the U S is probably not far behind. And again, everybody will ask, where's my disc? relax they'll get it sorted like it's been a 12 year journey to get here uh things have kind of changed they have these partners now we've said it before anyway first steps if you want that uh disc of yours stop complaining and at least get them the information so you can get your buttons and their uh patches and however things shake out get all that stuff as a backer that you need so there that was my
0: final thought that's a good final thought Thank you. but now back back to the sitcoms (laughs) come on stewart
1: i had a really dumb shower thought which was (laughs) you very so multi-camera sitcoms meaning uh typically what you regard as a uh, live in front of a studio audience which means they have three or four cameras rolling around at any given time and the director is going camera two camera four whatever they're jumping around um those a uh, live studio audience, St- live studio, yeah. because you cannot stop and then you know do alternate takes of the same thing. Like, uh, so, an Arrested Development is a sitcom, but it is not what we're talking about because they shoot it like a movie, a single camera, technically. I, yeah. Anyways, you can explain it someday. I don't want to bother doing it. But uh, what we're thinking of is more like uh, here's everybody will know: Married with Children or Big Bang Theory. They okay. have a, they have a the say the you know the sets. They're all Uh, you know, they sit there week after week, uh, and you know, they have the studio audience and then they shoot, you know, simultaneous cameras and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Cheers. Golden girls. Golden uh, girls. uh, Yeah. In my head, I'm like, we don't often see the floors. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't know how I got on it, 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 probably because my son spilled something on the carpet and had carpets on the brain. But I'm like, you do a sitcom for seven years. Are you replacing those carpets? You know what I mean? Like every yeah, seven episodes or something like
0: torn but, up and the equipment's on top of them. And,
1: and yeah. so I'm like, so, and I, I expressed that thought and people like, I was like, do they have carpets or wood floors? And I'm like, and I can't off the top of my head recall, uh, of course, Twitter, you can only say so much in my head. I was like, I was 99% certain that all in the family had wood floors and they do,
0: um, Cosby show had wood floors. That exactly. was one that I was like, I knew that for a fact that they had wood floors. Wood floors. Yeah. But then, uh, uh,
1: Andrea, what did she bring up? I can't remember. And I remember uh, uh, Brian Dewar of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia. He, uh, uh, sorry, Brian Dewell of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia uh, mentioned uh, Fresh Prince turned out he was wrong because what what it turns out what it is is okay so for starters it refined itself obviously kitchens never have carpets they're always like lino or tile or equivalent uh i excluded bedrooms because funnily enough they're 50 50 uh like sometimes they go with the hardwood and all that as well but a lot of times because it's a bedroom you need it to feel more bedroomy and bedrooms for by and large, at least, you know, depending on the era had, you know, carpets and all that. Great. So fresh Prince, for example, I am almost entirely certain that, you know, first episode where he goes up to meet his cousin and she's bopping away to her, her Walkman. That's all carpeted, right. But main living room, which is where the bulk of any thing takes, you know, any action takes place in a sitcom sitcoms are almost entirely built around the living rooms of their homes uh, for the most part. Um, yeah. He was like fresh prints. And we went and looked and was like, nope, wood floors with a very large area rug, that's how they cheated. They, they had these very easy to replace area rugs. Uh, and that was the, that was it all in the family, wood floors with a couple of area rugs. Uh, we, we just went down the line and it turned out, I think, what was the only one we found? I found, uh, bewitched. I love Lucy. And there was one other. What did she mention? Uh, Facts of Life. And we looked at Facts of Life. Facts of life had a wood floor. Uh, nobody gives a crap about any of this. But it, it was kind of fascinating <laughs> to realize that we never see it. We never think Carpeted, of it. yeah. By and large, though, weirdly enough, when you end, have a serious episode or you end a series, they always do like a long shot like, because it's the one last look at the old home. Yeah, so, so,
0: seeing the living room for the last time. Fresh yeah.
1: prints. Like, that's how we figured it out. I went, like, <laughs> fresh prints. Uh, no, somebody else uh, pointed it out to him. And they found the picture. And it was the shot of, you know, Will Smith you know, uh, uh, was the last one out of the house. And that living room was empty and bare wood floor. Um, just... Uh, and it kind of gets played with too. Sanford and Son, wood floors, but because he's a you know a junk dealer, his entire floor is covered with like seven or eight completely mismatched area rugs. Like it's just. Uh, but I I, think, I I had to point out
0: the one that was just staring you right in the face, which was the Brady was. Bunch, because yeah. the living room was carpeted, the rec room was carpeted, the backyard was carpeted with an uh, astroturf.
1: Well, see, I was getting to that one. That one is a in a weird place because that living room is actually technically carpet, wood, and tile. And the brick. front, a yeah. uh, brick tile, like the front, yeah. the front door area and steps down are brick to carpet to this little side nook area that serves no function as far as I can tell, but it's wood, like it was a real weird one. And then you're right, uh, out back, um, going with the AstroTurf, uh, Punky Brewster. Somebody pointed out that her room, for a fact, her room had uh, carpet cause it was weird carpet. Like it was, it was kooky. Yeah. And like shaggy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't shaggy. It was, it was essentially printed AstroTurf, right? Like it was, uh, a, it was like a kid's playground printed AstroTurf with like road
0: on it and stuff like this
1: like it was very funky sort of thing yeah, well uh, for the
0: five of you that are still tuning in to the cross rip uh...
1: <laughs> if you've made it this far frankly you'll probably listen to whatever the hell i'm talking about <laughs> anyway at this point now what i'm looking for is the weird outliers um so sanford and sons which is wood floor but it's got wall-to-wall area rug or um, <sighs> other Alf, things where you
0: barely ever see the ground
1: you barely ever see the ground. Because there's of the a puppet. Because yeah. of the puppet. Well, that was a funny one because I went looking. It's wood floors. But it has a secondary reason, which was it actually had like a giant pit. And I think there was an article with uh, What's-His-Name, uh, who played Willie. Uh, he was saying it was semi-dangerous working on Elf. Because, yeah, there's these open holes in the floor that you have to act around. Uh, <laughs> I want the blooper tape of them <laughs> tripping it's like those fail videos of you know people uh, stepping off of uh, into manholes or into uh, <laughs> oh no oil change pits terrible. in the garage
0: no the poor production people that funny. fell into I those was... pits no.
1: no no you're just saying that because they're one of your people it's uh, yeah
0: risk management would risk not management. approve
1: <laughs> uh so there there's the dumb answer nobody wanted <laughs> to the dumb question I asked <laughs> earlier that Andrew is trying to shame me over. So meh, mm. no. uh, actually the other thing I figured out, uh, watching Adriana. this is there's a lot of people that like to do, and I, this came up before too, because there was a company that does high end versions of them, but there's a lot of hobbyist people that like to recreate sitcom sets in miniature.
0: Yeah, yeah, those Seinfeld, are really cool. Those were selling for like three hundred bucks, and it was they the were Seinfeld one. Yeah. yeah, and I
1: think you and I talked about man, we yeah. uh, we'd pay money for like a Ghostbusters one, real easy. Um, Give us that
0: that Firehouse Garage Bay diorama. Hey, we brought it back to Ghostbusters. How there did you we go. do that? Yeah, I'm heading
1: into a, kind of a weird. I I've always had a thing about miniature stuff. Like there's photos of me as a kid. One of my favorite toys when I was like a four years old or something like that was the. Um, the grocery store play sets, you know, with yeah. hundreds of grocery items, because I love little boxes of cereal and stuff like like and little plastic cans of soup. I just absolutely love that stuff. Uh, a friend of mine is a, is a childhood clinical psychologist uh, who specializes in... Um, assessing for ADHD and autism and stuff like that and i posted the picture online he said for a minute i was going to point out that you had some autistic tendencies because you had <laughs> lined everything up and then i realized the labels weren't all they were all over the place like i was i was i was particular but not fastidious enough for somebody to go there's something off with that uh, boy there what's going on uh, i shouldn't say off but there's there's something specific about that young man uh, all the way up to uh, my favorite PC games were like the the Caesar ones and um, yeah, uh, Civilization
0: those types of like yeah Command little and little Cindy building. Yeah.
1: I loved I loved the Caesar ones and the the and uh, all that because it had the little farms. You'd build a farm unit and it would be alive like the crops would grow through the season and all that. Like oh, I just love that stuff. And then miniatures just always loved miniatures, which is weird. I don't yeah. have the patience to do models. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd do more. But right now, there's the people making these sets. Uh, there's You can order them. They're little tiny... Um, uh, little ones you can build yourself. They're just generic ones. One was for a bookstore. But somebody had pictures where they had kind of modified it. And in my head, I'm kind of like, Haha, that'd be awesome, redo it. And the books are like, you know, board games that I own and stuff like that. Sort of like uh, the people that uh, printed out the... The to scale uh, real Ghostbusters toy boxes yeah, for the, yeah. the figures, stuff like that. Uh, and the, but then at the end of the day, my absolute favorite is there's a Japanese artist that likes to do these um, back alley areas or small side streets complete with lights and all that. But he, they're there's you put them in your bookshelf between books like a like a not like a bookend, but literally like a like book y- alley. A book alley, and he's, <laughs> he's designed them that they go off around the corner, so it's not like you look to the end and it just ends. It just—it literally looks like if you could shrink down and walk into the shelf, you could just walk off into a little. I love that stuff. Uh, Again. That's funny. That was my dumb answer to a question nobody asked. So um,
0: Well, but that's fine. That's why I think I, that's why people tune in. I, we did get a good response. I, when I had my froggy, croaky voice last week, I was like, why does anybody <laughs> listen to us? We did have a few kind voices that were like, we love you guys. We love your chemistry. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. I was being self-deprecating. but uh, Troy Benjamin asks a question. I know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, uh, I gotta I gotta throw in a plug for New Wave Toys and their replicates. Now that we're talking about uh, uh, miniatures, because I love these guys, and that's what I'm collecting all of a sudden now. Is, uh, what are miniature these? One-sixth scale arcade games. Uh, so I've got Centipede and Tempest and Street wait, wait, wait. Fighter Two. Are these about eight inches tall or something? They're like, like twelve that? inches tall. They're awesome. They sit on your desk. I feel like I've got an arcade again, and it's amazing. I think I saw Pac-Man. At this, yeah, at a store uh, they're the doing Dragons Lair is their most recent one that they did a oh, Kickstarter for, wow. uh, and Wait their a next, minute. Uh, Asteroids is their next game. So,
1: God, I'm so stupidly old because you went Dragons Lair, and I was like, "Wait, how did they size down the laser disc? <laughs> oh, and then and then my idiot brain goes, "You dummy! They just it's, put it on a, they just on, put it on a Blu-ray." Uh, and, a and then a tiny my other thing brain the size goes, of an SD
0: card. Yeah,
1: and then my brain goes, "No, dude, solid yeah.
0: state memory just." Come on, yeah, catch it's, up. Yeah, it's very tiny. But check, yeah, newwavetoys.com. uh And nice. I, they've got a, a buy one, get one half off sale going on right now. So uh, t- take advantage like I did and, and pick those up uh, today.
1: But Did you ever did you ever have the Coleco ones,
0: the LED Coleco ones? Oh, no, I, I wanted In a call like, Coleco uh, Vision. Was, no. oh, man, we're going to start had... a whole other podcast here. What are we doing? This is the closing. The people have heard on our own 15 times now under... <laughs> <laughs> this. What are who, we doing?
1: Raise your hand if you if you <laughs> the doesn't do the production. Yeah, you, what you should do is like, uh, okay, we'll see how how Troy does this. You should really only start the music about halfway through this. Oh, okay. I'll do And that. if you don't yeah. do that, if anybody out there who hates it,
0: Troy's fault. Welcome to the Crossrip After Dark, our after after <laughs> show. <laughs> where <laughs>
1: Why don't you go beep yourself <laughs> while we beef one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. People say moist is a terrible word No I would, more beefing I would. Out. I would like to
0: put forth that beef is a terrible word What is happening? We have gone off the rails here
1: <laughs> You get your voice back and I'm overtired <laughs> and it just goes off the rails uh, yeah. Somewhere's Dustin is driving around Alberta
0: going I just need ten
1: more minutes before I get to my job Just keep talking <laughs> just, dumb please stuff. just stretch <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say okay. to everybody who wants to jump off of this train, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you going to call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, uh, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. It used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that.
1: We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh.
0: Next week though, careless cats. We're gonna Who can call? Who you gonna call? And we're back. And we're
1: back. <laughs> we couldn't stop. Seven more questions.
0: The five hour version of the podcast. Oh my go. god. It's
1: not five hours. Only
0: and a half. Relax. It's, fine. it's fine uh wait so coleco uh i so uh, so so they have they have tempest which is the vector like atari graphics they've got asteroids which is coming which is vector as well and but they're all on these little like you know three and a half inch four inch uh lcd screens and it's awesome
1: nice yeah that makes
0: sense the scale the, the screens can handle it now so yeah and and the the little interfaces you know they're one sixth scale so it's like you've yeah. got the trackball for centipede and it's a marble and uh the, the, the like the spinner for tempest is just like you know a little cap uh yeah and it works it works pretty well it's not the you know exact same experience but for I somebody who has no space uh it's my arcade now
1: I'd pay good money for Robotron.
0: Good money. Oh, Robotron! Uh, somebody mentioned Tapper. I really want Tapper.
1: Tapper'd be pretty good. I have uh, I have one that's fourteen inches tall, but it's just the cabinet, and it's designed for putting your iPad on.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like a, a iCade or whatever it was
1: called, or yeah. I don't know how well they kept up with it though. So part of me. Part of me is kind of hoping that when I get around to it, somebody may go, here's how you hack the the thing to uh, act as an interface for whatever the hell you want on, like, say, an Android pad or something like that. Or, alternately, the buttons are there. It's just a two-button controller and a joystick. But that would handle quite a bit of stuff. I think it would almost be easier to rewire it, like build a small screen into the cabinet and, like, you know, do like a Raspberry Pi emulator yeah. inside to wire it up to those controllers and just just have a tiny main cabinet. That'd be fantastic.
0: See that? I mean, yeah, a main cabinet would be cool for like a, a full size or even just like a half size. But these these are so tiny. I know. Like, I,
1: I'm there with you. Like the trouble is, is I would love to have a main cabinet. I don't know where the hell I put it, but yeah, something that's like a foot tall or well, a foot and and, half tall.
0: and that's yeah. The, the so the arcade one up um, cabinets that they've got now that are one f- uh, half scale. Is it even half scale? But they're like the kind of they they look like you could uh, maybe like a bar stool size, you know. Uh, those are the ones they're selling uh, through, you know, Walmart and Best Buy and yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: I see those.
0: But they still take up space. But these yep. are, I mean, I literally i have three of them on my desk on at work. Desk. I've got yeah. Centipede, Tempest, and Street Fighter. All
1: right, tomorrow I'll take a picture and send them to me. I do kind of want to see
0: these. They're awesome. And so Dragon's Lair is their Kickstarter. They've got a change machine, which is like the USB hub that you plug them all into, which is brilliant. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's man here. Hold on. I'm just going to send this to you right now.
1: Oh, they're on your desk. They're not on your desk at work. No, no. I'll just
0: send you their their Twitter account. Um, Oh, I see. Do that. Yeah. Chris Stewart. Send. Yeah. It's, uh, I may have a bit of a problem. Like I the the owner of the company reached out to me and he's like, I saw your website. You work at Disney. I used to work at Disney. I'm like, yeah, these guys are awesome. I nice. can't believe that not that many people have picked up on it. Uh, Dan Amrick has picked up on them, like he knows. Yeah,
1: that's because Dan's
0: smart. So because Dan is Dan, yeah. Dan is Dan. All right, there you go. There's their Twitter account, but okay. um, yeah, it's awesome. I'll check it out. I'm still recording. La, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna air la, all la. of this. This is all gonna be on the air. Well, I stopped recording, so <laughs> you
1: have use... okay. You have to use your end. Ha, 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 ha.